You're listening to Sales Chat, the latest sales and service insights by Saleitis. Welcome back to another episode of Sales Chat, a bite-sized production bringing you the latest and greatest insights from sales subject matter experts here at Salelytics. I'm your host, Jeremy, and for our dedicated listeners, you may know that we here at Salelytics have recently been acquired by MarketSource. This makes today's episode pretty exciting as we have MarketSource VP of B2B Omnichannel Sales Services, Ben Sims, as our very first MarketSource guest. We'll cover the scope of his role as well as what this new partnership might mean for us. But before I get too far into that, how are we doing today, Ben? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to speak to your listeners. Very cool. Happy to have you on the show today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do here at MarketSource? Yeah, as you say, I'm the vice president of our B2B Omnichannel Sales Solutions Division. Essentially, that means I oversee the delivery of all of our B2B Omnichannel programs that generate revenue on behalf of our clients. So we are a managed sales services. We build and deploy teams and apply processes and technology that increases the revenue for our enterprise clients, either from acquiring new customers or going to market with new products, or even growing revenue with three current channel partners or existing customers. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for joining me today. I'm excited to get some of your opinions on what's happening out there in sales and marketing. So why don't we go ahead and jump right into that? We have a segment here on the show called In the News. And let's go ahead and look at some of these bullet points from around the world today. So in the automotive world, the U.S. market is on course to finish 2023 with new vehicle sales volumes up more than 10% from 2022 and at the highest level since 2019, as forecasted by Cox Automotive. Any idea on what might be driving this? Is it people getting out after the pandemic more? Is it the surge in electric vehicles? What do you think might be pushing that? No, I, well, I don't think it's the latter. I think it was certainly a supply and demand issue where during the pandemic, there were some supply challenges and therefore inv- there were inventory challenges. Meanwhile, people did want to still change their automobiles. You might have found a couple of years ago, that's why the used car prices were so astronomically high. That's what people were able to get, but there wasn't a lot of inventory there. Since then, I think supply channels have flowed more and the chip shortage, you might recall, there was a significant chip shortage about 18 months ago that seems to have somewhat resolved itself that has allowed some uh, products to get pushed through. I will be curious to see if that stack continues, especially after the union labor dispute stoppage of work that happened in Q3. Um, I don't think that impacted sales for 2023, but it might impact some inventory issues in early 24. That's really interesting. I didn't even consider the chip shortage and all this. You know, a lot of so much of these vehicles is driven by technology that's very specific, and you got to have those chips. And if you ain't got the chips, well, we lead to a shortage. So, very interesting. Okay, in the B2B space, industry jargon is the silent killer for B2B marketing. 88% of B2B decision makers have said that jargon, marketing cliches, and tired buzzwords such as disruptive harm the credibility of brands, says Adweek. Any insights on this? <laughs> That's an interesting stat you share. I'm not surprised by it. I think a lot of times sellers and marketers do get stuck into using cliche words. And it only speaks to the significance and importance of personalizing your messaging, that you're speaking directly to the person uh, or the account that you're talking to, and you're you're using their vernacular and, and speaking in their language and identifying challenges and issues and pain points that they have that's specific to their world and not these broad generic 
business acumen terms. And if you can speak to what's going on in their world, I think you're more likely to get their attention and have a strategic partnership conversation. And so uh, really interesting stat you shared. I'm not surprised by it. Steer people more into really understanding the person you're talking to and speak their language. Absolutely. We've had a lot of discussion here on the show about AI and its role in marketing lately. And, you know, we feel here at the podcast that you do kind of lose a bit of that personalization. You lose a bit of that direct message when, when you're starting to subvert the human element of marketing. So good insights there. HubSpot recently announced it has successfully finalized its acquisition of Clearbit, a top B2B data provider. Clearbit is now a wholly owned subsidiary of HubSpot. It will be integrated as an offering within HubSpot's customer platform over time. Are you familiar with Clearbit? I'm not. Hmm. Any insights or opportunities that might come out of something like this? I am just going to wing this one, but data, as they say, is today's gold, right? And so mm -hmm. Any platform or software provider like a HubSpot who, you know, builds world-class marketing platform is able to integrate, hopefully, accurate data into your marketing campaign builds. Uh, you've just kind of shortened and helped it make it easier for marketers to do so versus having to go outside of HubSpot to another third-party data in order to augment what they have and then upload it into HubSpot and send out your campaigns. I think all HubSpot's trying to do, which we're all trying to do, is be the easy button for marketers. That's my guess, anyway. It's a big, complicated uh, process when you look at marketing from all angles, the planning, the deployment, the media creation, all that stuff. So to have more of a, a centralized one-stop shop to get as much of this out of the gate as you can, I think is really valuable. So that's, that is cool to see. Uh, now, moving on to the next one, B2B selling teams are at a disadvantage. According to the 2023 B2B buyer experience report released from Sixth Sense, the report indicates that marketing efforts play a critical role in the B2B buying journey with 84% of deals decided upon first contact made by buyers. What do you think could bridge that gap? So they are at a disadvantage and they're not. Other data that I've seen from our great friends at Gartner, and I'm going to refer to them later today, we've had a long-time relationship with Gartner, and they've helped us with identifying some key points like this. What you're also going to find is businesses and people who made a buying decision solely on their own through digital research without the use of a seller actually tw had 25% higher likelihood of regret of their purchase. So you have to consider that while the buyer is moving along the journey themselves more on their own through digital means, they still need context into what they're looking at, and they still need some stories and use cases that apply to their specific needs that you can't necessarily find on your own through digital content. And so the, the significance of a seller is still there in order to add the context that the buyer is missing to avoid regret of their decision or making a poor decision on their purchase. What I think answers the question that you're looking for in the gap is the significance of even more than ever, the divide in the silos of sales and marketing that has gone on for generations needs to be removed. And it's more significant now than ever. And it's not just important at the very beginning of the process to attract the buyer or create demand. Marketing sales are going to need to work even closer together ever before throughout the entire pipeline. So after you've already engaged with a prospect or a buyer, as you're moving them through the sales process, whether it's to discovery or even proposal and afterwards, it's important that marketing stays in touch with the buyer and allows them to continue having those digital channel options in addition.
addition to the seller reaching out. So I think more than ever, the sales teams and marketing teams are going to have to learn how to work together. And it's not just for lead generation. It's all the way helping them close. Couldn't agree more. Moving that silo between sales and marketing so both teams better understand what each other are doing only means better results for everyone involved. Um, could not agree more there. So let's go ahead and jump into today's content. From what I understand, you have a very diverse portfolio there at Market Source. Can you walk me through the scope of the client partner programs that you manage there? Yeah, we do. We we have dozens of clients, all enterprise companies that we work for. They would all be brands that you would recognize. And our goal is to help them generate revenue in some form or fashion, either through acquisition of new customers or ch new channel partners or growing with their current customers. And we do so in the industries that include telecom. We have a strong telecom presence, as Sailetics has as well in the past. We also work well in construction. We have quite a few, uh, quite a bit of experience in manufacturing, uh, technology companies, high-tech companies, and then, of course, the automotive space. So in our B2B worlds, uh, we've worked in several other industries in the past. And then, of course, we have a retail division where we do deploy resources in big box stores for brand advocacy and training uh, the associates in those stores. Well, that's quite the range there. We have overseeing at least 30 inside sales, outside sales, direct sales, channel sales, and customer success teams. It must be a bit of a challenge. How do you keep a pulse on all of these different moving pieces? Well, the only way I'm able to do that is I'm grateful to have amazing talent and amazing leaders and people uh, who are paying extremely close attention to the daily activities that we have to be successful. And so we have the right combination of experienced leaders, but we also have an intentional diverse workforce that uh, work with on a daily basis and train them and educate them. And we have a strong coaching culture to make sure that continuous improvement is ingrained in our DNA every day. When you apply modern technology tools to help those reps to be successful in our programs and have them following processes that lead to consistent results, that is how we are able to pay attention. But it certainly isn't me doing it. I'm just fortunate to have some amazing talent and people that uh, are on my teams really does take a whole team. Um, of course, you got the, the people on the ground floor, you know, boots on the ground, making the calls, doing the sales. You've got everybody in support and training. And like you said, technology enters the picture and it's just, it's rapidly evolving, I think, more recently now more than ever in the past decade or so. The advancements in sales enablement technology and things like that are just wild. So that continual education, it really does take an entire team to keep things moving here. If you think the last decade was fast, hold on for the next decade. Oh, AI is going to, yeah, I mean, and, and beyond is, is going to be shaking things up quite a bit. I'm, I'm excited. I, I can't wait to see what's next for us. Now, I'd love to get into the story of this acquisition. Uh, why did MarketSource choose Salytics? So Sailytics has some uh, ingredients that we were missing here at Market Source that complement what we do. And we could have gone the route of building it ourselves, or you can find a, a great partner like Sailytics that has already proven themselves to be experts in, in areas that we really haven't dabbled in, and we would have to start from scratch, or we can just go ahead and take your experience, especially in regards to uh, build brands for your client. The scale and scope of your 
customer experience and customer service centers that you give are areas that we've always been interested in and we just haven't been able to compete in that world because we really don't have the right processes and technology in place like you do. And so when you take some of those capabilities that we don't have but we know that we're interested in and it complements what we do with our current customers, it was, it was just a perfect match because now we don't have to build ourselves and we can have scale and scope and speed in a way that we weren't able to before meeting you guys. And then when you apply your innovation and your processes and the technology, even whether it's bought out of a box, built purposeful for your clients, or even some of the technology you guys have built yourselves has been extremely impressive. And so there's a, there's a lot of complimentary services that you have that we do not have, but we also have some complimentary services that we're going to be able to offer to your customers and your clients that you, I think, have had an interest in but haven't been able to build it yourself yet either. Yeah, we're really excited here. First of all, thank you very much. We take a lot of pride in what we do here at Sailytics, and we are so excited to be able to share all of this knowledge and expertise with MarketSource and vice versa. We have so much to learn and, and grow from, from what you all are doing there. So really exciting partnership. I, I know all of us here at Sailytics are just thrilled. We can't wait to see what's next. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what we can expect. Understanding we're still early in the process, where do you see Sailytics and MarketSource complementing each other in the future? The biggest compliment that has been apparent from the very beginning is there seems to be an almost perfect culture fit between the two companies. Sailytics is very much a people-first organization, and MarketSource feels the exact same way. We have a saying around here, keep the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing are your people. And you guys have the same approach. And so we feel like if you take care of the people, they're then going to put in the work to take care of our clients. And so a lot of times when you see through mergers and acquisitions, there are some mismatches in some of the culture that then needs addressed, and that can take time and be very disruptive. And, and having the culture fit already, I think, will expedite some of the bigger solutions that we have that we can put together. Having said that, there are service enterprise clients. Everyone would recognize the brands that Sailetics works with, same with MarketSource. So we already are used to working at the enterprise level. You've been doing it, and we've been doing it. And then there's the industries that we don't work in that we've had an interest in that you are in, such as healthcare and insurance and some of the consumer goods industry. And while we work on retail, we don't really work all that closely with consumer goods selling them through distributors like you do. So that's certainly a compliment. Now, we both have worked in telecom, so we both have some telecom experience. But when you think about some of our industries I mentioned earlier, there is applications and solutions that you have that certainly would fit well in the automotive space, which we have a very strong presence in, the construction space. So those are areas that we know that you have complementary services, but you just haven't been able to crack into those industries because sometimes those industries will say, eh, you've never worked in our world before. No, thanks. And we've had the same experience with you guys with healthcare and insurance. And so now we can come together and say, actually, we have worked in your space. And we do have complementary services where you can help companies in the industries that we're used to working in, and we feel like we can help you in industries that you've been working in. And so I, I think about the, the fact that we are both very accustomed working with enterprise brands, industries that have are parallel and close, but yet you haven't been able to crack into, we haven't been able to crack into, and now we can merge them together. Yeah, provides a lot of opportunity for for expansion and new business. Really good stuff to see. Now, speaking of those those client partners, how do you see your involvement with Sailytics client partners? 
the truthful answer is that's yet to be determined. Right now, I need to stay laser focused on my current clients. While I want to be here to help with any synergies that are possible, we need to make sure that we're taking care of our own and you're doing the same. So that's why we're not in a rush. And we're not going to be in a rush to merge things just for the sake of merging, right? And so I think you're going to see that for the next year or so, Salelytics will be very much a standalone company. Market Source will keep doing our things. And then where we see some low-hanging fruit opportunities, we'll take advantage of those. But there's a bigger picture, a bigger growth opportunity, and bigger solutions that need to be solved. And that can't be solved overnight. Having said that, I will say that I do know that our executives here at Market Source have already met with your biggest and best clients. So the president of our company, Rick Havlin, already jumped on a jet and uh, met with your biggest and best customers. So just to make the introductions, just to get the relationship building started. So at my level, it's yet to be determined how I'll be involved, but it's very important that our executives and our CEO and CFOs meet your biggest customers and start building those relationships. And I can tell you that that's already started. That's fantastic and very comforting to hear. Speaking from an internal Salytics employee standpoint, it's, ever since the announcement came out, it's been very encouraging seeing all the announcements and things like that. Clearly, everybody's taking their time making smart decisions here. Like I said, it's just been fantastic to see from, from the perspective of somebody who's internal at, at Salytics. Are there any immediate effects? I, I think we kind of covered this a little bit, but do you see any immediate effects that client partners on either side should expect? We have global capabilities that Salelytics really hasn't yet expanded into. Most of your work has been in North America, and you really haven't launched too much overseas, whereas we have been doing work for our clients overseas, and we've already brought some of your customers overseas into Europe in the last couple months. So that work's already happening where you have big brand customers that do have needs overseas and in a global situation, and we can certainly help you with that. Salelytics has been a primarily inside sales-oriented and inbound-oriented or remote workers who work from home. The face-to-face -face sales is not going away. In fact, I think it's a differentiator for a lot of companies who have yet to go back to face-to-face. -to -face. And that's an area, when I talked earlier, where we have capabilities that Salelytics hasn't quite developed and you'd have to build it yourself and it could take a long time, where we've been doing field sales and face-to-face -face outside sales for a very long time. In fact, most of our resources are out in the field. And so I do think that there's tremendous opportunities for Salelytics teams to take advantage of our expertise in field sales. Conversely, on our end, we want to take advantage of your inbound customer care centers at scale. The brands that we work with certainly have those needs as well, and we're excited to introduce those solutions to them. Really great stuff. Looking forward to all of these energizing opportunities that we have. Sounds like there's a lot coming our way in the near future. So let's look into the future a little bit. What excites you most about this partnership? What are you looking forward to between Salytics and Market Source? Well, I'm already learning from you guys. So I'm excited to learn about your technology, especially. There's some homegrown technology that's been extremely impressive. You're already utilizing AI into your, with your agents and so that they can react and respond better to your customers' customers. So, you know, there's a lot of innovation in there at Salelytics that I'm extremely excited to learn from. Both companies have this insatiable thirst to learn more, continuously improve, and apply innovation where it can make us more efficient. Then that's why companies hire partners like Salelytics and, and Market Source to help them out because 
you know, they want to be innovative. A lot of clients, a lot of revenue teams and revenue leaders that might be listening to this have innovative and digital ideas and want to apply AI or other experiences for their customers to grow revenue, but doing so through bureaucratic or reasons of legacy, it can take a very long time versus hiring a partner like us where we can deploy it very quickly. So I've already learned a lot from the engagements I've had with the SailX team, and I look forward to learning more. I'm I'm excited for you all to check out more of our technology too. I was on one of the teams that developed one of our agent assist bots and you know at the ground level when we saw the first phrase come through that was detected you know when the system picked up a, a key phrase for the first time we were just all so excited so it's really cool to see those projects kind of evolve over time and now they're they're standalone products and and now we get to see what they're going to do on a, a large stage like this it's really exciting let's step away from saleetics for just a moment overall in sales and marketing world do you have any trends or predictions that you're seeing for the next year Certainly, I believe so. What generative AI was introduced a year ago last week through ChatGPT, I think in 2024 you actually see it in use in a real way. The way I believe ChatGPT or generative AI or even conversational AI is going to deploy very quickly, if not immediately, isn't necessarily helping you write a phone script or an email or marketing content. That's where a lot of people immediately went to when it was introduced, it feels like. Now, it's going to be in reducing the administrative, what we call red time of a B2B seller. So red time is the non-selling activities. And we have all heard the research where sales reps are only spending 30% of their time in actual sales activities, right? Yeah. So if you can reduce the red time, their administrative time, and that then allows them to have more conversations and more sales activities. What I mean by red time are things like on the front end, doing the research that you need before you make a phone call to get that 360-degree view of the customer, whether it's research on the account you're calling, the persona, or the customer you're going to be talking to. A lot of that before now was just done on your own. A rep would have to go do their own research, look up the you know, 10Ks or earnings reports or research on the person they're about to talk to on LinkedIn or social media, and they did that on their own. Now through AI, that's all going to be fed to them in a very quick way. So what would take maybe hours of research or a ton of time and research can be fed to a rep very quickly in bite-sized chunks or even in detail if they need to so that they can do their research and get on the phones quicker and have a conversation quicker. I also think about even during the conversation what you guys have already built with AI that helps assist the agent or seller along during the conversation and then even after the conversation, the summary notes that can be taking and even the action items already built, typed up, ready to go, maybe even follow-up emails that are already ready to go. I've already been using some of this myself in the last couple months, and it is carving out a ton of time where after a call I would have with a client or a prospect or whatnot, I would then review the notes. I would then type up the notes. I would then type up the action items, assign the action items to whoever they're given to, then send the emails or set up some sort of project management team site. Now all that can be generated and automated immediately. So when I think of how AI is going to impact the sellers, it's going to augment what they're doing and automate what they're doing. And by the way, all of those notes and conversations and people you're talking to can automatically go into the CRM versus the sales rep having to type it all in. And let's be honest, they're not doing that. So now it can be automated into the CRM. So taking away the, the, uh, this red time from the seller's is going to allow a lot more productivity and efficiency and more conversation. So 
AI is going to put into use in a real way in 2024, starting almost immediately, and it's going to quickly evolve from there. Number two, similarly, I think I'm excited about having to meet the customer's digital demands. Your new segment earlier, where there is a desire for people to want to do their own research without having to talk to a seller yet. And I think that's only going to grow as the younger generation grow into the workforce and get into buyer roles and become decision makers. And so there has to be that uh, that capability of having the the right balance of providing the digital capabilities to do research, but yet also being able to give context to what they're seeing through human-to-human interaction. Sales is not going away. There will always be a human-to-human need to help a buyer make a good decision. But I do think a lot of sales teams, a lot of revenue teams, marketing and sales teams together are trying to figure out how do we enhance our digital capabilities to help the buying process become easier and we can do that for companies and i'm excited you know again that insatiable thirst that both companies have about learning new technologies to help enhance the deliverables that our clients need to their customers and then three i do think we are entering a very challenging labor market i just saw a statistic today where they found that over 51 percent of field sales outside sellers there was over 51% involuntary turnover of field sales year over year from 2022 to 2023. That means that people are changing job in field sales, and that's a much higher turnover number than there usually is in that space. I think we're going to shift back into the employees market versus the employers market. And I think the employees market is going to make it challenging for companies to backfill those roles that turned over or grow their teams if that's, if they're in a place of investment. And again, that's where we can step in. Both companies have robust recruiting armies that can go find that talent. We have the processes and technology available to find the right experience. And so if you're sitting there with an empty seat, so to speak, or an empty role, you're losing a lot of money and revenue and a lot of opportunities that a partner like us can fill quicker and manage for you and and, and get deployed and generate that revenue faster than you can do it yourself. So I think it's going to be a very challenging labor market, but that's where a partnership with Salelytics or MarketSource can help companies. Very well said. Very insightful. Particularly, I I like that first point you brought up about AI not necessarily replacing jobs, but it's going to become a massive assistant for those in sales. And I'm already seeing it in marketing, too, as a video producer. Adobe is putting some pretty killer stuff into their production suites for AI, not to do the job for me, but to make it easier. So before we leave today, do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners? Well, it's a pleasure to meet you. It's a pleasure to be part of the Salelytics family. If you want to reach out, I am easy to find, as, as Coach Prime would say at Colorado. I ain't hard to find. You can find me on LinkedIn as well as Twitter, and I'm happy to answer any questions or just schedule a, a consulting call if you need it. So thank you for allowing me to be part of the show. Good stuff. Thank you for being on the show again today, Ben. And to our listeners, I feel like we just scratched the surface today, but not to worry. It only means we'll have more to share on this very soon. Follow along as we share more industry trends, insights on our custom solutions, and even some career guidance. Find us on our social media channels or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until next time, thank you for tuning into Sales Chat.